Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm excited to bring you this really wonderful human being here today. We're talking about kids, sports, becoming a pro athlete. All of these things that's in the back of your mind as you watch your children participate in team sports. And today I bring you Jacques Ladusseur, and he is and was a professional soccer player. So lots of experience in pro sport land. He is also the author of Make Your Life Count and Raising a Pro Athlete, both books you can find on Amazon. And he is a dad of a daughter in her 30s, and all about really helping parents understand the world of sports. Is it something that's in the future for your child to be a pro athlete? And he is the founder of My Life Counts Network. I welcome you, Jacques. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Uh, These kind of subjects, uh, they've been on my mind forever, and I've been talking about them for a long time. But um, it's it's really hard to get that message out to people. And, and it's so important. Now, you know, I'm sure you've talked to all kinds of parents too and and the way they react to their kids when they go to team sports. And we've all been to some team sport where you have that random parent who's so aggressive and what we're teaching our kids about sportsmanship and about everyone's own level of expertise and what they're good at. We're all good at something. We all have gifts. Yeah, I'm good at kids. I'm 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 good at relating to children. I am a children. I'm a child. And <laughs> you know, I'm just in an old person's body, but I'm like so good at relating to kids because I think like a kid and that is my genius. We all have geniuses and you really have to recognize your child's genius. So um, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about how a parent can even like have an inkling that maybe this is a sport that my child's really going to excel at. Well, you know, when you, when you look at youth sports, the one, the one issue, the one thing that parents don't think about is the big picture. Okay. The big picture. My, when I was growing up, my mom was too busy. My mom never had time to go to my, whatever sport I was doing. She, I think she saw me play some sort some, some sport like two or three times in my entire life. Um, She saw me play in the pros once and I had to bring her all the way to Europe for her to see that. And then she saw me play a couple of times. So what parents don't understand, it's a privilege. It really is a privilege. You, you're, the time you spend with your kids, 
they don't understand the value of that time. So what happens, what tends to happen to people is that they, they, they're focused on what the kid is doing wrong on the field or on the ice or on the court. So they, they're constantly, they're, that's their constant focus. What your focus really should be is the big picture. The time you're spending with your kids, how valuable that is. You're in a car for 20 minutes. You're taking them to practice. You're picking them up after practice. You're taking them to games. What are you teaching them? What are you communicating? How are you developing the relationship between you and them? You know, my daughter and I, we talk every single day. She calls me every single day. That's because of the time we spent together. And people say, oh my gosh, where did the time go? When people tell me that, I said, I know where the time go. I know where the time went because I was there. So it's not like it's gone. So the relationship you develop is so important. And there's so many life lessons in youth sports, but people are so focused uh, on the wrong things and they miss it. Absolutely. That is so important to connect with your child, to to just tune into your child, you know, really look at them, watch them. And when they're little, when they're playing by themselves, what are they playing with? What are they doing? You know, don't always so often, I think parents are like, I want you to do this, do this because you're going to like this. When you're not even discovering what your child wants to do. Right. They're like, well, they're just going to try everything. Well, tune in. Maybe they don't have to try everything. Maybe you're going to see them outside in the backyard playing a baseball game. Maybe you're going to see them outside in the backyard playing with a basketball or digging in the dirt or, you know, really, you know, playing with rocks and all of these things, planting gardens, or you're going to see your child really obsessed with video games. And maybe there's a future in that really tune into your child. That is so important. So important. Yeah, because um, everybody's a unique human being. We're, we're, we're not created to be something else. I mean, um, yes, your, 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 your father and your mother may be great singers, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a great singer. That doesn't mean you're going to have the passion for singing. There, there, there are many people that, that were very gifted athletically that I've run into, but they never really had the passion for that. So they're not going to pursue that. And, and that's fine. But one of the keys, you can expose them to things. But you have to understand that you're doing that, that all you're doing is exposing to things. You, you, you take them to a concert, they see a singer. Okay, great. They see a piano player or they see somebody, you know, um, some guy building a bridge. You expose them to things. But you can't do it for them. Force it into them. You know, I like, I, one, of the, one of the things I like to tell people is that we all... If you, if you look at the highway, when we're driving on the highway, our life, we're on a highway, except every single person has their own lane that they're into. You know, you can say, hey, Joe, you need to do this, 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 this. But guess what? You're never going to be able to jump into Joe's lane and control his car and control his destination, control where, whether he makes a left or right. You can't control that. You could give him advice. You could say, hey, you should go, you should go left here. There's something good for you. Joe's does, Joe will go left if he wants to go left. And that's the biggest thing. The life lessons I see in sports, because I've done it for so long in youth sports, people miss it completely. They get in the car with their child and they criticize, they talk about the game. 
Well, one of the things I teach parents to do, I say, look, why don't you and your children sit down and ask them to write a hundred things that they want to do in their life. They make a list of those things. And then when you get in the car after a game or after practice, uh, talk about those things. Don't talk about the game. Don't talk because that doesn't really matter. Children are going to forget the score of the game or what happened in the next three minutes. The next thing they want to know is, hey, uh, where are we going to have ice cream? Well, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? Well, <laughs> what are we eating? They can care less. In fact, most of the time, they don't even know what the score is. So once you realize that, you go like, they don't care about the score. They don't care about anything else. So what should I be doing? What's the thing that I want to do with them? Because you have that opportunity to put things into your children. Because you're, as a parent, you're the main influence in your children from age one to five. Typically, once they, once that personality, what they develop by then is done, what you put into them. So as a parent, you have that. But man, but when you don't understand that, you go in all the wrong directions. You criticize the referees. You criticize the coach. You criticize the other players. But you know what? Your children are also listening to that. And the other children on the field are listening to that. On the court, they hear you because they hear that parent's voice. They turn around and say, wow, who said that? You're distracting everybody. So and you're teaching them. Yeah, you're teaching them. Yeah, you're, you're teaching you're them that behavior. Them. You're setting a very poor example for them as well. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you always want to encourage your children to do their best. Correct. Because when you do their when you do your best, the outcome becomes irrelevant. You're right. doing your best. And if it needs a different outcome, then you examine, well, what did I do? How did I get here? What can I do different to result in a different outcome? And if you really encourage your children to do their best, you celebrate the hard work they put into something instead of, well, you worked hard, but look, this is what happened. You lost the game or you got to be or whatever. The hard work's what you want. You want to give your child a good work ethic. You want them to understand that they should take pride in the work that they do and what they do and put every effort into it. It's a major life lesson. I mean, it really is a major life lesson. There's so many things in my life that's happened to me that, that I look back on it. And I ask myself, I said, did you do everything that you could do? And I analyze it. I just analyze it. I, I went A, B, C, D. said, I did all these things to, to improve this situation, to fix this situation. And it didn't work. I said, well, I've done all that I can do. And you know what I could do? I could just move on. I don't have to dwell on it. I don't have any regrets. I, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to stress about it. I don't have to be depressed about it. I just move on. Once you're able to say to yourself, I have done all that I can do. I have no regrets. I can move on. I can go to the next thing with 100% confidence. And that's exactly. what we're teaching our children. Right. Because you hear a lot of people can't move on. A lot of people, they, they, they lost something in, in their life. They can't move on. They can't leave it behind. They can't drop it. Well, once you've done all that you can do, it's over. Exactly. Exactly. And so often, too, parents need to remember that your best is also dependent on how you feel that day. If you're not feeling well, 
your best is based on your not feeling well. You know, so if your child's playing a game and he's not quite up to par, you know, he's kind of got a cold, that's going to affect his ability to do his best. His best with not feeling well is a little different than his best at optimum performance. And regardless, we encourage them to always do their best. And if it came out the way it came out, instead of being like, well, you should have done this. You right. should have done this. Right. You should have, should have, should have, should have. You just say, do you feel like you did your best? Did you feel like you did the best way you could for your team, for yourself? And if they do, then they should be confident in that. They should be happy with that. Yeah, um, that, that's, that's very, it's the same thing like playing injury. Right, you know, exactly. One of the worst some of the worst injuries you can have as in professional sports is when you're not completely out. If you break your leg, you're done. If you had a, a knee surgery, you're done. You, you just, you're just out. You have to get rehab. You have to get fixed. But if you have a muscle strain, you're not done. And in your mind, you're thinking, I'm okay. I can, I can do this. You know, I can push through. They ask you, they say, well, how are you doing? I says, well, it, it, it hurts a little bit, but you know what? That little bit that it hurts, although you're pushing through, you're never at your best. Now exactly. there's some, you, you can, you, you can give something to the team. And then there are times when you try to get in there with, 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 with an injury, it's worse for the team because the team is depending on you and they, they, they're giving you the ball. They say, hey, you do it. You do it. Because you're used to doing it, but you can't do it. So because of that, nobody else takes charge. Right. True. So that's so true. That's the thing when you're playing injury. And that's what it is. If, and, and, and I always talk to parents about nutrition. Okay? Right. Nutrition is a big deal. They, they don't feed their kids correctly. But at the end of the day, they expect the best from their kids in school and in sports. You cannot tell me that you can get up in the morning and don't eat breakfast, have crackers and, 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 and uh, cheese, whatever for lunch, and then go on a, go on a basketball court, go on a, go on a hockey rink or go on a baseball field or go on a soccer field at five o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to perform your best. You've got zero fuel. Right. You have no fuel. And that's you're all feel draggy. You're going to feel tired. You have no fuel. You have to fuel your body. Like you put gas in the car. Exactly. You put junky gas in the car. It doesn't go. Yeah. You put junky food in your body. It doesn't go. Yeah. Nobody puts sand in their engine. So right. we all know that, but then we expect our kids to do that. I talk to so many parents and so many kids. And when, when they come to me for training, I ask them, what do you eat for breakfast? Some of them say nothing. Some of them say I had this. Some of them say I didn't have anything. Well, how, did, how does their brain function in school when they're hungry, when, they're, when, when they don't have any fuel? They can't function to their best. We're sending them to school and says, oh, go get, go get an A, go do your best, but they can't do their best. So right. nutrition is another big, big thing Key. when it comes to youth sports. And sleep and getting a good night's rest. sleep. Rest is very important. Rest is part of fitness. So a lot of people think, well, I could go and go and go and go and go. No, rest is part of fitness. The muscles, they need to rest. There's parents that are 
that are taking their kids because their kids are playing on some high level team or they're playing high level tennis or high level individual sports. And then they literally run their kids to the ground, literally run them to the ground. They don't rest enough. There's the mental rest and there's the physical rest. Absolutely. Physically, your muscles need to rest, but you also need to rest mentally because when you start doing something over and over again, you can't perform mentally and it's, and, and you can't do it either. So neither one of them work well. So when kids get on like select teams, mm-hmm. you know, they try out and they get chosen and they're on a select team. How can parents help their kids not feel so stressed? There's a lot of stress involved in that. There's oh, a yeah. lot of pressure. How can a parent help their child cope with the pressures and the stress as they move up and get better and better at the sport they're in? Well, um, number one, one of them we've already talked about. You got to set a good example. Uh, Number two, don't complain, criticize your kids. We talk about encouraging them. Um, And then you talk about doing one of the things that I always do with, with parents and children is that when they come, when they come to me, I ask them, well, what's, what, what's your goal? Tell me what your goal is with this. And then they tell me their goal. They say, well, I want to be on the select team. Um, I want to be, I, I, I want to play in high school. I want to play in college. I want to be a professional. I said, okay. So now that I have your goals, if I see something that you're not doing, do you want me to tell you? And they say yes. So if they say yes, then basically they've opened the door for me to tell them anything. Now, one of the, one of the things that, that they always, we talk about nutrition. I say, well, I don't like broccoli. I don't like this. I say, well, you told me that was your goal. In order to achieve your goal now, these are the foods that you need to concentrate on eating because they're athletes' food. They're healthy food. Okay, there's a whole bunch of people eating all kinds of food out there. It's not athlete's food. You're not going to hit your goal by doing that. So that's the first thing, the goal part. And then the next part is you, you have to give them the picture cleanly of what's about to happen. If you're on a select team, do you know if you're on a select team? They're, they're selecting other players. Do you know that there's a good chance that you're not going to play as much as you did on your last team? You gotta, you gotta, you might have to work very, very hard to play because it's not going to be the same. Everybody's good there. Everybody's competing for a spot on that team. So if you're not ready to do that yet, maybe we shouldn't put you on this team. Let's put you on a different team. And then, of course, the parents, the, the support that they get uh, from the parent every single time when they're standing in there. Don't, when they're standing on the sideline, when they're watching them, you got to constantly encourage them. Don't worry about the things they do wrong. You know, when it comes to athletic skills, it takes years to master these skills. Years. People can sit on the sideline. Um, they, they, they're, they're in the crowd and they see me playing. And then, you know, I, I hit a ball from here 30 yards, 40 yards to somebody. And it lands perfectly right where he's at right where he wants it. It took years to figure that out. 
when you put your kid in a sport, they're seven, they're eight, they're nine, they're 10, and you're trying to get them to do the same thing the pros do, or when they make a mistake, you criticize them, it takes years to master those skills. It's a constant do it over, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. I always compare it to when a toddler is learning, a baby's learning how to walk, you know, and, and they get up to walk and they fall down. And we as parents don't push them down, go, oh my gosh, you suck at this. Stop it. We encourage right. them. We hold their hands. We help them like waddle along. We help them hold on to something. We encourage them and repeat it and really practice it until they get it. Right. You need to be encouraging, right, with any skill your child learns. They don't come out of the womb being experts at everything. They don't even come out of the womb being close to an expert at anything. And my thing is the parents that are out there doing that to the kids, they can't do it themselves. Right. (laughs) And sometimes they're sending their kids to live through what they wanted when they were a kid. Yeah. So I had a, I was coaching, give you an example. I was coaching this team and I had some of those parents on my team. And, you know, I tried different things to get them not to do that, you know, all that stuff. So finally I figured it out. There was, there was an adult league going on, you know, a little adult soccer league going on. So I purposely encouraged those parents hey, why don't you guys form a little uh, parent team? You guys can join the league. Uh, pumped them up, you know, you know, uh, complimented them, told them how great they were and all that stuff. You know, it took a little while, but then I got them all to do that. And then they went to play in this league. So I took the liberty of going there to watch them play. And you, you see them. They're huffing and puffing. They're making all kinds of mistakes. they're just getting owned by these other people. And then, you know, I come in and I say, wow, you know, uh, how are you guys doing? And they couldn't even talk. That's all I needed to do. And all the things that was going on stopped happening. Instead of them yelling at their kids, you got to run more, you got to run more. Well, they they, they realized that this is a tiring sport. You can't, people get tired. And they were getting tired. You're huffing and puffing. And when you're tired, you don't think straight. You can't pass the ball. You can't make any good decisions. You're, 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 you're like completely out of it. Right. And that's what they saw. They went and they did it themselves. And then now they can cut the kids some slack. I told them, I said, now that you've done it yourself, do you see why I've been telling you to cut your kids some slack? They were, oh, yeah. Hmm. Most people can't do these things. Right. And then you have, then you have the other side of it. That's the guy who's the professional or the lady who was the professional and who thinks that their kids should be exactly like they are. They should know these things. And they push and they push and they push and they push and the kid quits. Right. They can't take that pressure. They just can't do it. Not at that age. Um, not at where they're at in their life as far as their skills. They can't take the pressure. So they quit. They can't do it. So you have the two extremes. You have the parent that knows nothing, that pressures the kids. And then you have the parents that, that really knows the sport, but they don't know how to handle this parent parenting, uh, this communication back and right. forth with, 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 their, with their children to help them accomplish their best in their life. 
And then in addition, there's like the coach aspect, Mm -hmm. like what kind of coach is teaching your children? I know when my son was in little league, my son's always been very tall. And when he was in the basketball, you know, after school program, he's very tall. So he was easily a head taller than all the other kids on their team. And these coaches would think he was, he's just going to shoot all the baskets and make it. You know, they were young and, but Kyle doesn't have an aggressive bone in his body. He's like the most gentle guy you'd ever meet. I mean, now he's in his thirties. I'm sure he plays a little different, but he didn't like it year after year because he had so much pressure. And one, um, one year he had a coach who realized that here's a tall kid. He's not aggressive. He just wants to get rid of the ball. He doesn't want the responsibility of the ball. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put him on rebound. And he put him under the basket to catch the ball under the basket and throw it to someone. Best year Kyle had playing bad. He loved it. He felt needed. He didn't feel the pressure. I've got to make baskets. He did his job. And that guy was smart enough to see what qualities, like we talked before, that a child has that you can encourage. And and make such a same thing happen with my niece, who was great at soccer. She wanted to be a goalie. The coach in her select team only wanted her to play because she made so many points, but she wanted to be a goalie and he would never let her be a goalie. And she quit. She wound up quitting. She could have been great. She wound up quitting. So that's another area that we need to recognize our children's talents. One of the things that, that happens, especially in youth sports, obviously, we have volunteer coaches. We have people, parents who volunteer to coach a team because the kid is playing on the team. And that's fantastic, you know, because as a coach, I know what it takes. And when somebody volunteers, I know they don't really know what they're volunteering for. So I kind of know. <laughs> so I give, them, I give them a lot of grace. A coach, number one thing I tell coaches, you need to love children if right. you're going to be a youth coach. Because when you love children, you talk to them differently, you treat them differently, you, 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 you have your patience, your patience level, there is no level in patience, it's, it's, it's infinite, your patience exactly. level goes up in the air, way up there, and that's how you approach it. And the number one thing you have to do is to build confidence in kids. Um, and you have to, you build their confidence by teaching them everything. Don't pigeonhole them in a certain position. So like your son, just because he's a tall kid, you, it doesn't mean that all he's going to do is shoot the ball. What about dribbling? What about handling the ball? What about passing? You, you, you find something, you teach him that once you teach him that thing, that one thing, he sees that, oh, whoa, 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 I can do this. It builds confidence in him to do right. the next thing. So you have to do that as a coach, Right. And then you have to learn to talk to children. If you're coaching a team, you're coaching 10, 12 players, every single one of them have a different personality. They they learn differently. Some of them are visual learners. Some of them are this. Some of them cannot take a high-pitched voice. They can't take that. Some of them you have to communicate to them softer if you're going to get the best out of each one of them. That's what a coach does. You know, and in the in, in, in the professional league now, there's coaches when they come and coach a team, they they tell the owners, look, 
Get rid of these players. Give me some new players. Go spend 20, 30, 40 million. Give me some new players. Well, you're not a coach then. You're just not a coach. Because a coach takes what they have and work with what they have and improve what they have. If your team didn't win any games this year, the coach came and you won four games out of 20, you've done better. There's some improvement. There's some coaching. That's what coaching is. When, when, when people, when you can't do that, when you have to say, okay, scrap this model, let's give me a new model, give me this guy, he's already good, then what are you going to do as a coach? You don't have to coach. You can just sit there and let that guy do it. Let the star do it. So it's so important to understand that. And especially today in sports. When I grew up playing sports in the street where we played, when we played basketball, baseball, football, whatever, man, if you were not good enough to play, the kids just said, hey, go find a different sport. You're not playing. I'm not putting you on my team. I'm not about to lose. But today, everybody plays. Every parent wants their kids to play sports. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of benefits to that. There's exercising and all that. So these kids we're getting are not going to have these super athletic gifts. And we have to work with all of them. We have to help. This could be their ticket to building confidence to become an engineer, to become a doctor, to become whatever. And that's what we do. That's the responsibility we have as coaches. But a lot of coaches don't see it that way. A lot of coaches are focused on winning. So they see the tall kid. They say, oh, give it to them. Let him shoot it because we want to win. Never mind the other kids. Don't teach them anything. Just, hey, as long as we're winning, everybody's going to be happy. The reason parents don't say anything, because a lot of parents are about the same thing. They're about winning. So when they win, they're happy. They can go to work and tell their, 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 their coworkers, their friends, their families, oh, my gosh, Joe did great. His team is winning. His team is undefeated. In the meantime, Joe's not learning much, but Joe's undefeated. Right. And he may not even be happy. He may not even like it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so important that you say that about the confidence, because when you create confidence in a the child, they can become anything they want. They do have the drive right. to be whatever they want to be. And, it, you know, it's so important. to remember, It's like my tagline in Pumped Up Parenting is because we're raising adults, not children. That's right. what we're doing. They're already yeah. children. Our job is to lead them into adulthood with confidence and with compassion and, and being happy, right. you know, not torturing them and planting all these horrible ideas in their head that they'll have to recover from once they get to be adults. <laughs> yeah, they have to go to counseling for later on, you know? Right. But here's the thing though, when kids, when, when, you, when you teach them something and they become confident, they will do so much more than you could ever ask them to do. They will do so much more. They'll, they'll practice on their own. When, when they have time, they'll work on their skills. They do these things. You have to teach them how to fall in love with the game. That's the key. When they fall in love with the game, it's almost like they will do, they will do the work that they need to do. All, now all you have to do is say, hey, I think you should do this. You could improve by doing this. They just go do it. They have to fall in love with the game because when it comes to sports now, usually children are quitting, are quitting a sport uh, at the tune to 87% of them at, at, at like 14 years old. They're either quitting that sport, moving to a different sport, going somewhere else. So 
if they don't fall in love with the game early where they could truly enjoy it, I teach people how to play soccer the way I learn how to play soccer, having a whole lot of fun, laughing all the time. Uh, and it doesn't matter what game it is. I played in a lot of professional games where it was very serious. And, and yes, it's very serious. There's crowds. But we still have fun. We still enjoy the game. We still laugh at people. We still make joke about the other guys on the team. We talk to the other opponent. And we're playing against it. So that's the big thing. Falling in love with the game and the confidence that the coach gives you. It's something people will never forget. I have kids that I've trained now. They're in their 30s. And they played on my team. And they come to me today when I see them around. And they say, man, the time I spend with you on your team was one of the most fun and more enjoyable time my entire life. I'm not the one that's going to make them a pro. I'm not the one that's going to get them to a certain top level. People don't make people get to top levels. People that want to get to top levels, they make it happen themselves. They get help, but they make it happen themselves. Yeah, and that's such a good point. I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Rookie with Dennis Quaid about the baseball player Jim Morris. And in that movie, he's in the minor league. And all of a sudden, he's driving around deciding whether he should stay in the minor leagues or go home and go back to his job and take care of his family because he's not making the kind of money he was as a teacher. But um, all of a sudden, he watches a little league team play, and he starts remembering all the fun these kids are having. And he goes back, and he talks to his buddy, Brooks, whatever Brooks's last name is. And he's like, you know what we get to do today? We get to play baseball. And you can just see where it's like the fun, that love, that joy for the game goes back into them because there's so much, they should have fun. They should be having a great time. And it's such a great scene, but they should be having a great time playing what they're playing. Don't forget the fun. We play this game. I mean, I started playing this game on the street when I was um, five, six years old. And that's the only reason I played them, because I had fun. For the longest time, that's what I did. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed the game. So because I enjoyed, I did it more and more and more. And the more I did it, the better I got. The less you do it, the less you improved. But because of the fun, that's what drove us to do it. And um, a lot of people don't understand that. Now, one of the biggest reasons it's hard for pro athletes to transition into something else is because of the fun. Because they're leaving something that they already know for years they've had fun with. Now they have to transition into a different career. And it's really, really hard. I'm sure it is. Because that career is not going to be the same. The people in an office are not having a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> the people in an office are usually not smiling as much. They're usually not enjoying what they do as much. They're not excited about what they, uh, they're not excited about what they're doing as much. They're not close. There's a close, tight relationship. People in offices, they don't have. Because... Right. Although they are like their companies competing against another company, but they're so disconnected to that competition 
they're not in it as much. So when an athlete comes in the scene and he comes in as in an office, he looks around and he, he man, he doesn't see what he's, what he's seen for years of his life. So without the fun, that's what makes it so hard to transition. So it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. So anyway, Jacques, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And it, there are so many things that came out of it in this short amount of time that is so important for parents to remember in all aspects of parenting. Uh, but I'm sure there are people listening that are like, how can I connect with you? How can I you know, learn more from you? Would you please tell everyone about your books and the best way to reach out to you? Um, well, the first book I wrote is, called, is a book called Make Your Life Count. I grew up in uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and um, grew up uh, what you might call very impoverished uh, to get to the point where I had a dream to become a professional player when I was you know, seven, eight years old. Never told anybody about my dream. I just worked on it. And to go from there to play at the highest level in the world. And um, I, had a, I had an English teacher once when I first got to this country. I, actually, I didn't even speak English very well. But she said, you have, you have, a, you have a gift. You, you, uh, poetry is one of your gifts, right? So she told me that. And eventually, um, as, as I was done with my career, I thought about writing a book. And that's how I wrote Make Your Life Count. I wanted, to, I, want every, I wanted every kid to know that their life count, that they're not an accident, that their dreams are possible. So that's why I wrote that book. And then, you know, so the book went out and it was fine. Uh, and then after a while, probably two, three years later, I started thinking about writing because a writer keeps writing. But for me, I, was, I never looked at myself as a writer. I just figured I'd write this first book and that was it. But I've been working with, with children, playing sports, and so with parents. And that's how raising a professional athlete came about. Uh, it, it's really about the value of the time you spend in youth sports. Helping parents to understand that. And then helping other parents who want their children to be professionals. Uh, about 10, 15, 10 to 12 different steps. Things that they need to do to help their children along to achieve their dreams and goals. And I think both books are just so important because one, everybody should know they have a genius. They have something in them mm -hmm. that they can really, you know, make their life around. They can build a life around it. And, and if you're loving what you do every, I love what I do every day. I'm never doing something, whether it's working with a client, coaching a client, working with kids in my fitness classes talking on pot. There's nothing I don't like to do in my world. I am right. totally happy being with my children, my grandchildren. And when you recognize that and you allow a child, a child to build on what they love, they'll always be happy and they'll always do great at something they really love. And if what they love is sports, then find out how you can help them Correct. accelerate at it get the book, read. You're learning from a professional athlete. He's been there. He started at nothing and went to where he wanted to be. Learn and, and be willing to do what you're learning about. Don't just say, no, I know better. Because it, there's only like 1% of all athletes that make it to the professional level. That's correct. 
That's correct. And, and everyone else doesn't. So if you think, oh, well, my, my kid will get there because of, you need to be intentional. Just like I tell parents that work with me to be good parents and peaceful parents, you need to be intentional with it. So depending on what you and your child want to do, be intentional, learn the way to do it. And then you might just help your child follow their dream. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, people need to do that. Uh, I mean, uh, very few people are going to be professional athletes. But here's the problem, though. We don't know who they are. Exactly. So if, you're, if your kid is nine years old and, and, and they, say, one of you, they say, well, I want to be a pro athlete. Now, you could choose to look at it two ways. You could say, oh, my gosh, I mean, you know, only 1%. Well, you don't know. What if your kid is the 1%? Right. Okay. Now, so if he, said, if, if he or she says that, then you need to start preparing them that. It's not your job to figure out who the 1% is because you can't figure it out. Right. You just, your job is just, they said it, they want it, then you help them with the process. And then you let the process take care of itself. Now, if they change their mind down the road, that's fine. To me, um, doing the things in the book that I talk about, it's like saving money to buy a house. If you save money to buy, if you save money to buy a house, when, and then all of a sudden that time comes, and you say to yourself, "Well, I don't want to buy a house," that's fine. You still have the money, just like this. If they say, "Well, I don't want to be pro anymore. I don't want to be a pro athlete anymore," that's fine. But you've got the skills to do anything you want. Exactly. So exactly. That's the big key. And people can find me on Facebook, and they can also find the books on Amazon. Sounds wonderful. Well, Jacques, I'm so glad you were here with me. I really enjoyed it. And I really know that this conversation will be extremely valuable to our listeners and people that are just wondering where to go at this point. My kid's doing great at this sport. Where do I go from here? Correct. So it's so important. And thank you for sharing all your wisdom. I really appreciate it. And to all of you, reach out to Jacques, get his books. They're right on Amazon, easy to get, order them, read about it, help you help yourself to help your child. Stay intentional, stay focused, follow your children's thoughts and dreams, tune into them. Don't just be, I want you to do this, find out what they want to do. It will really make a difference in the world to them. Time to go. As always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Laugh a lot, guys. It really is the best medicine. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Be sure to head over to pumpedupparenting.com to grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, good news. Now there is. You can pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, my newest release on Amazon today. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone can blossom from. Have yourself a really fun day. Bye-bye.